up all you four color funny book aficionados. I am Charlie Rivera. He is Christian Cordez. Together we are U.S. Comics Cast. Happy Comic Day to you and to everyone listening and watching today. As always, we are brought to you by Bad Mary Band and Sergeant Finesse Gaming. If you haven't done so already, please hit that comment section like you have the power. Christian. <laughs> My man. Hollywood. Hollywood Johnny is busy gallivanting with his theater friends. Prepping we got to this, open though. up a Vita. So it's us. It's we us, got homie. the hair. We got double the hair, triple the flair. Woo! But I also have some new, new. Before I ask you how you're doing, let's see what happened last time on U.S. Comics Cast. U.S. Comics Cast. HQ for all things contagious and comic book related. Contagious. Hey, now. I am John, and I am trying desperately not to get Charlie sick. <laughs> that son of a bitch had oh. me laid out until oh I'm on so much medication to be able to bring this show to you people. And if it wasn't for Christian, there's not a chance in hell I'd be struggling through. But Christian, writer, director, Song curator, song writer, music maker, Thomas the Tank Engine loving song bitch. <laughs> Welcome to co-host duties for U.S. Comics Cast. Co-host of Live from the Secret Stash, so you can catch every Wednesday right before this one over on the good old Facebook. Jan Silent Bob Secret Stash. Jan Silent Bob celebrating 30 years isn't that crazy? James, uh, Bob, 30 years of Clerks. Christian, how you doing today, brother? Today, my friend, today I'm doing goddamn great. You know why I'm doing goddamn great? Because I did Tell my me. show live from the secret stash. I'm writing some new projects. And then on to top it all off, I am here on the greatest podcast known to man, a.k.a. UX Commas Cast. My That's good right. buddy. We're not quite, we're not quite mobbly. But we're but we're trying. <laughs> for those of you who do not know, my shilling, I will never shill for a sponsor I don't believe in, but I will take on fake sponsors. So one of the shows we're brought to you by today is uh the Kevin Smith Club. Where you can catch <laughs> Kevin Smith and his daughter Harley Quinn Smith. The and most adorable wonderful. podcast. Oh yeah. It's, it's adorable. It's awesome. And now they like, like adjusted the cameras, so you're looking right down the barrel. And I just like I, I just like first of all, Harley is is sweet enough to give you a toothache. And Kevin in dad mode is even more delicious than Kevin in Kev mode. I Cause, don't because it's 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 the truest form of his on persona. Because you think about it, like when your parents also put on that kind of not a facade, but they they heighten things up when they talk to their the people that they helped create. Like it, they can't help. Fuck yes! Like I, we like, we have to turn to our parents. I mean, you and I are both in a position where we're one dad down. Yeah. Um, like I, parents have that responsibility of like shielding us. 
from the harsh reality a little bit of, of day to day. Evan's like everyone's backup dad on Momly. Oh my god! Listen, I have, have I ever told you the story of like when I met Kev? Have I ever told you that? No, story? but I insist you do now. So I met Kev at the Ocean County Mall in I think either 2000 yes it was 2016 because it was a couple of months after my dad had passed away and for those who do not know my dad was a part of uh, this hip hop group known as PM Dawn he was the lead singer and along with my uncle they were the duo that was PM Dawn now I Does go that up count as a name drop if it's your dad like technically your existence is a name drop I guess so it's very strange it's still strange to me now anyway <laughs> So I only say that because it helps preface preface the story because I go up, I get the notification that Kev's at this mall. I live 20 minutes away from that mall at the time. I'm there in 15. Uh, It was one of the few times where I'm like, you know, it's time to be a geek. Like, and it's not, and and before that, it wasn't really something I would do. Like, I never considered myself like, I'm a huge fan, but I didn't want to be like the... Am I really going to yeah, make yeah. that trip fan? So I was that day and I go up to meet him. The first person I meet isn't Kev. It's his fucking mom. And she puts on that facade that we're talking about. Mama-ly. Mama. And she, cause she sees I'm nervous and she's like, are you okay, sweetie? And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm just nervous. And, you, and she's like, don't be, he's a nice boy. <laughs> um, so then I go up, I go up to Kev and I'm like, Hey man, I'm a huge fan or whatever. I'm a filmmaker. Cool. 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 And then I tell him my dad was a huge fan. He was a musician. He was like, who was your dad? And he was like, oh, and I was like, oh, he was PM Dawn. He's like, get the fuck out of here. I love PM Dawn. And he proceeds to show me that on his phone were two songs lined up. And it was Set Adrift, which was like one of two big songs of my dad. Set Adrift, and then I Die Without You. Fast forward to years later. I don't know Kev yet, but I'm working at Jane's. I'm working at... uh, at a shared universe for Mike and Ming. And fuck, this is where it gets cool. I'm watching Reboot for the very first time. And I and I'm having a great time. And all of a sudden, I hear the first couple of chords of I Die Without You in the movie. One of the fucking songs you mentioned. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So, Kev, so just knowing, because me and Kev, we all, Kev's also a part of that club. So he knows yeah. how much like that meant to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the sons of no one. And then we just to uh, we got to watch each other's backs. <laughs> so for just just knowing how he views fatherhood, knowing what he's yeah. experienced, also being a father, but also knowing that he doesn't have his dad, and you know, and you see it, and it's just it's this wonderful thing, and he's been nothing but kind to me. And that's how I met Kevin Smith. And that's how I've I mean, worked that's for him. Ridiculous. Like you're like it's very weird because you and I have had a million conversations off mic. Because at, at, at this point, I'm a little bit older than you, because I'm a little bit older than fucking everybody. Yeah, old man. I give like I give the worst advice because I traveled the road of like safety with the thought of like the 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 lie I was sold was if you live a safe life it'll be a happy life and that's bullshit happiness is so hard it's so hard to find happiness that like you have to just grasp at whatever straw might make you happy 
And like the one thing I can promise you is the safe straw doesn't. Like the safe straw did some cool shit. I get to uh, Kevin and and Jay are going to be performing at the Paramount in uh, April, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Paramount on Long Island. And uh, I got tickets. Like my lifestyle has allowed me to be able to get nice tickets to go see Kev. Yeah. The the I would much rather trade for like the the lifestyle of you know maybe getting to work for him and like trying to bridge the gap between those two realities um is is kind of something that is is shit. It's just it's just the challenge of life. What's what's very interesting was my father had a similar crossroads he chose the safe route he had a couple kids he had a very happy wife so like he would probably be like yeah i fucking nailed it kev's dad your dad is interesting because your dad kind of had both but i'm I'm so curious what he would have kind of thought obviously loving his family oh my god his life my my dad was a kevin smith super fan Dude, and I didn't even know this until, until after I was born. Uh, like, listen, so I moved, uh, bef- uh, I moved 2021, I moved, and I was dealing with, like, a whole bunch of, like, my dad's DVD collections. Now, mind you, I knew my dad loved Clerks and all of Kevin's movies. The fir- I shit you not, the first movie monster I ever saw was the shit demon from Dogma. Shut the fuck up. I'm not even kidding. The first monster I ever saw on screen like was the shit monster. Yeah, and it scared the pretty- absolute shit out of me to the point that years later when I'm filming the fucking Project Stash show and they uncovered it and brought it down from the rafters and I didn't know, I had a visceral reaction to seeing it. And I know that it's made of bubblegum and toothpicks, but still to me it was the thing that scared the shit out of me. So Yeah, that's 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 that tracks yeah, then the track, but then, the tracks, then and then that thing like, stares at you every time you record a podcast now, pretty much. Um, so it's very interesting. But meanwhile, I'm going through his DVD collection, dude. I found Evening with Kevin Smith, Evening with Kevin Smith 2, Burn in Hell, Vulgar, all of the fucking like movies that he produced on the side that like only like the fans know about i would i wish i found a better place too isn't it strange though that they were living in like mutual admiration society and that's the that's the crazy part it took his prodigy to 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 learn that and it's like there's a there's a life lesson even in that which is which is just the, the coolest shit before we get onto the show as a whole uh speaking of kind of big celebration kevin smith for his uh, birthday bash this year we're bringing vulgarthon to the theater kev's theater in jersey smod castle theater is hosting uh the vulgar marathon which yes. is all of kev's flicks lined up oh theater one so and two good. are sold out here's my question for you christian you may not know the answer theater three is that the one with the nicest seats <laughs> is it because i haven't got tickets yet and if i know i'm getting the good the good seats not good seats or the most the most modern seats listen theater three is not going to be featured in a movie next year uh theater one is the least comfortable seats the big house um those tickets are available right now but hey, let's they're going hop- quick. 
Fuck let's hop into the. Let's hop let's into hop the topics, the man. Let's let's go from one Smith to a set of Smiths. Uh, Amazon Prime dropped Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, my boy, one of my absolute favorites, uh, Donald Glover, not to be confused with the other lethal weapon, Donald Glover. But no. uh, but Childish Gambino himself uh, doing a remake of a movie that I really, really loved. And I kind of thought Same. they said everything so, they had to say. Which is really um, funny because Mr. and Mrs. Smith was also like one of the movies that I should not have saw in theaters. But my dad wanted to see it so badly that he was like, I'll just cover your eyes at certain points. So I wonder why he wanted to see it. Just Angelina looking like a snack. Oh, a movie? The movie version of Mr. and Mrs. Smith is so sexually charged that the principal actors left their real-life relationships because they just had to smash and, to my knowledge, are still smashing. That is fucking impressive. When the sexual tension is so ripe, you're like, you want to just ruin a couple people's lives and fuck forever? Let's go adopt a billion kids. Isn't that um, crazy Brad when Pitt. you like when you when you boil it down to what exactly it is? It's just that. It's like, yo, let's ruin some lives. I want to make some kids with you. Cool. I mean, there's Meanwhile, something really fucked up about passion like that. Because oh yeah. it's like, I respect it. I it's respect very... that if they if they weren't forced to fake hump, they wouldn't have had to hump. <laughs> I think Brad and Angelina would have been perfectly respectable spouses to their partners. They would have never crossed that line, but fire some fucking blanks at each other, stab each other with fake knives. Next thing you know, your pants are gone. I get it. I respect it almost. You know what's kind of crazy for me too is that like this is also the the movie that like the, uh, the, the at least the original Mr. And Mrs. Smith where it proves to me that like you can have such high highs as a screenwriter and such low lows. I don't know if you know who wrote the original Mr. And Mrs. Smith. I but don't. It's, it's Simon Simon Kinberg. Do you know who that is? No. Simon Kinberg is the man behind Sherlock Holmes. With Rot with oh. Robert Downey Jr., also X Men First Class, also X Men Days of Future Past. All right, I'm cool with that. But he's also behind Fantastic Four, uh, X Men Apocalypse, and also Dark Phoenix. And you know what's also funny though? Five. So it's like that tracks. That all tracks because those are those are on paper great ideas, one and all. On paper, like the beats. The beats of those scripts, I bet, were great. I get why people gave him money. Because that's the thing. It's like half of it is the pitch. Yeah. I don't that's... think any of those movies on the pitch don't sound dope. It's just the execution. Because if you look at the movie version of Mr. And Mrs. Smith, mm-hmm. that shit was so smooth. It's that a thing very... had Lamborghini lines. It's a very tight concise movie like you get what you pay for with that flick yeah there's no like fodder there's no there's no filler it is just very much it is what it is and that's what i love so about I, that flick i i don't know about you I, I i imagine you and i probably have similar um similar opinions on this 
I think Childish Gambino might be one of the coolest motherfuckers on earth. Yeah. With that being said, when I heard that this was going into production, I got real nervous. Because I, I go, that there's two hours of meat on that bone of two spies. They're married. They're like, oh, you're a spy too? Wrong agency. Pew, pew, pew. We are even more in love. Let's fight the our bosses. That's not a fun place to go. So when I sat down to watch this, I went, man, oh man, do I hope that girl I've seen in 50 rom-coms, but I cannot remember a one. Maya? I think she was in, in the Val, yeah. Who, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. She's very talented. I was excited to see her kind of, I was like, is she going to try to be sexy? Because she doesn't strike me as that. Like, she strikes me as a beautiful woman who, like, all of her roles are, like, she's your buddy. Who, like, turns out as hot as fuck. Like, she takes her hair down. You're like, oh, a bomb piece. Oh, yeah. Luckily for me, bro, it didn't take more than 15 minutes for this show to go, no, we're totally different. I wound up accidentally in my sixth state. I watched the whole series. Fucking Parker Posey's in this. Ron Perlman's in this. I think it's six episodes. This show is exactly what an adaptation should be. They took the central concept, they put it on its ear, and then they said, all right, what are we keeping? It's going to be smooth as shit. It's going to be about spies. What I really loved, and I don't know if you got this read, they kind of gave Donald Glover Angelina Jolie's part. Donald Glover is like the sexy one. Yeah, I, I'm. He's like the sexy so dummy. Fucking, that's so fucking weird. Because I don't want to. I never want to call Angelina Jolie a dummy. But it is one of those weirder things oh, where I, it's like, I think that it is just that they flipped the dynamic in a way that makes you almost perceive that it is this one way, but it's actually this. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe in like season two they also flip it again. Like this, like yeah. I was very surprised by how much I actually enjoyed the, the cause I was going to watch the pilot. Cause I, yeah, really, I was shocked. I, at the charm city. Now what's very interesting, Christian, it. I won't spoil it for you, mm-hmm. but in the movie, Angelina Jolie, I feel like put on the housewife a yeah. little bit inferior. Like there's a great scene where they're at a, a fair and she's like shooting to win a rubber duck. And like, she's like, Oh, it's, the BB gun is so strong. It's so, it pushes my nails hurt. And then she fucking like, is like a, a you know, a Navy yeah. seal. Um, Cause, cause what's mean, very so interesting is the way they translated dummy for me. And this, I will do a slight spoiler, but Donald Lover's character, John Smith, he, uh, He's not particularly a reader. Like, he doesn't read a lot. So all of his smarts are practical smarts. And he's also kind of a sensitive guy. Like, he's a dude who, like, leads with his heart. Like, he'll become friends with someone waiting online at the supermarket. Mm-hmm. And very much Jane Smith is not that. She doesn't want to talk to you on the supermarket line. The, the series is awesome in the way that it fully committed to every aspect of itself. What I mean by that is at no point does this show wink at you. At no point does this show 
put them in a super spy scenario and then go like plot armor no there's there's people die shit goes wrong shit goes right by the time you're introduced to you know these parker posey characters you feel like they're going to be a quick one-off these are important characters being established the fucking neighbor the awesome house who they're working for they have layers of of mystery and it never is done in a way that's boring it never feels accidental and uh it really did i don't know how you felt after watching the pilot i was thirsty to watch more oh yeah no 100 like listen i watched it today under the the stress we're trying to get rid of a whole bunch of shit after this move and i I love my job because now part of my job is I get to watch anything that I want. And when you God were gosh. like, I need you to watch this Mr. And Mrs. Smith thing. I mean, to be honest with you, when it, when I first heard about it, I kind of gave it a second glance and only because I will always watch anything childish Gambino, Donald Glover yeah. does moving forward. I'm a massive Atlanta fan. So from that jump, I was already excited spies and action even more on board because this like i don't know if if you got this impression a little bit this also feels like on a much more muted scale of what his animated deadpool could have been yes in terms of action and scope and yep. i'm like oh my god that would have been a brilliant show but fucking he got screwed and I'm just like, oh, I'm so glad he got to apply some of that to this because it shows and it reads and it's just like, I now want more. That's that's the thing with a pilot. If I watch it and then my first thing is, is I'm just like, I want more. Like, I, like, even if it's there, like, I'm just like, I'm hungry for more. And it doesn't happen all the time. Like, sometimes there are some shows where you watch episode one and I'm just like, I don't. Uh, why do I have to trudge through this? And one of the there better are, examples. There are some good shows that are not a good pilot. Watch. I have a hard time with Reacher. I like Reacher. Reacher. Wasn't it for me? Every, I really enjoy every Reacher. fucking episode of Reacher for me takes five minutes to remind me I want to watch it. Every if I do not watch episodes of Reacher back to back, and my schedule has been weird with my own mood like right now i'm not i'm not in the studio i'm, I'm in my middle island place so i didn't mm -hmm. want to make my mom sick because she oversees the fortress um uh, like so I, I every now and then i'll take a couple weeks off of reacher and i'll every fucking time it starts i'm just like reacher jack ryan honestly most of the amazon shit is not paced well and i think it's because they don't know what to do with their constraints like when you have 22 minutes on regular cable, you have to structure yourself for commercials. Yeah. On Amazon and Netflix, a big problem is sometimes shit should be 22 minutes. They make it 38. And you're like, Ugh, that is one this. of my biggest problems with streaming in general. And it's one of the only things that I wish carried over into the streaming age. There was a reason 22 minutes works really well and it's a known structure. All right, cool. Now with streaming, you could be however fucking long you want, but you got to be yeah. listen. You got and this is true for any form of writing, any form of anything you do. You got to know the rules 
to then break them. And if you don't necessarily have a great understanding of the rules and still break them, you're not you're not on the right yeah, track. It, it just becomes it just becomes sloppy jalopy. Ultimately, I think the big takeaway is I haven't heard a lot of people talking about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I know when but, they uh, the original casting had Fleabag in the yes. uh, in the Jane Smith role, and she wanted just a different project than Donald Glover did, and he's an executive producer. She wasn't. Um, so they uh, apparently it was very amicable. They, rumor is they're going to do a project together, just something where they're kind of uh, they're they're more equally footed. Whereas yeah. this was, this I like that a, though. Oh, that's me too. a very mature takeaway where it's like this. Don't may do not shit. Project. Don't do shit you don't want to do. And I think I, her name eludes me right now. It's a it's a three tiered name, and all three parts have left. Um. The 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 actress they wound up with, she's tremendous. She's tremendous. And again, I mainly know her from good rom-coms that no one saw. Like she's the queen of like 2018 rom-coms. She's in so much shit. I I just saw her in one because all the devices in my house were listening that I'm so in love with her. So they were like, watch mm -hmm. this shit. We're like her and a white guy go to a bunch of weddings together. I bet they fall in love. And she's fucking good in 100% of the shit she's in. Hopefully this will help elevate her. Because I saw her and I'm like, this chick is, she's Hollywood. She is ready for Hollywood attention. Um, th this show's a hit for me. Uh, I think you're going to absolutely love the rest of the episodes. I think anyone watching, watching or listening, do yourself a favor. Check out Mr. and Mrs. Smith. The, it's sexy as fuck. Their chemistry is off the chain. The action is fucking great. Uh, and honestly, there's some there's some music that drops in this that is like, you wind up Googling. You're like, what the fuck? Where, where, where'd this track come from? The Listen, playlist the, is on my any, phone. Any, it's anytime Donald is involved in a project, you got some bangers right off the bat. I Listen, I would recommend this. I'm excited to see where the rest of this show goes. I particularly... Casting is so important when it comes yeah. to these type of things. And off the like from the rip, you hear Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like Donald doesn't necessarily come to mind, but what's so cool about the way that he does it is that he makes it fit into his pocket while also embracing what made the original so good. And Fuck I yes. I am so excited to see where it goes, but I'm also very nervous because as we said, this is Amazon. Now, I don't want this to be the kind of thing where it's like they think they know what they're doing now that they have one season yeah. under their belt. Meanwhile, I'm like, I think most shows need like two to really kind of like find their footing. If they I get it you'll down be... pat after the first, that's a fucking miracle. I think you'll be really satisfied with this season. Uh, I do think it calls for more, mm -hmm. but I think if this is all we ever have, I think it'll go right comfortably into that, like, oh, this is a fucking gem. People fucked up by not supporting it. Luckily, now I feel like that the the world's back. That that you know that that studios are open. That they're doing business. I think people realize that uh, before you know it, Donald Glover is going to be pretty heavily booked. So now's the yeah. time to get him to agree to do shit. More, you know so what I mean? Star yeah. Star Wars is coming. He said in in the press rounds he was talking about like 
if I'm gambling, we're getting Miles live action. And if that means want- we get him as his uncle, come the fuck. Oh, yeah. No, 100. You want to know something really cool about Donald, too, is that if you look at Tell his. Him. If you look at his filmography, like if you go on Wikipedia right now, there is such a jump in quality in what he is in after a couple of years that it's kind of hilarious. Like, yeah, 2011, he makes a cameo in The Muppets. He's in Alexander Terrible, No Good, Horrible Day. Then he's in Lazarus. Then Magic Mike. Then the fucking Martian. Then Spider-Man. Then Solo. Then Lion King, and then fucking Spider Verse. It's just this dude is climbing in a way that I have not seen in a hot minute, and I am just excited for there to be more Donald Glover. There's no wrong. There's no wrong there. I was screaming from the rooftops when they needed a new Kang. I'm like, if you want me to stop bitching on the internet, you get Donald Glover. (laughs) Watch Donald Glover play fifty versions. The bottom line is this. If uh, you don't get some blood moving around watching Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you have something in common with a chinless son of a bitch liar. Because... Han shot first. first. Hey, listen. Makes my life full. And empty all at once. What's better though, that or whatever the fuck you guys were drinking on the last two episodes? Because that looked like it destroyed you guys. You yeah. looked like you were in actual just, pain. Just brutal. Just br- everything we put in our bodies is brutal. Uh, Christian, I have one quick question for you, pal. What you got? Um, if you were in charge of rekindling uh, an '80s property. Mm-hmm. you loved you bring it back to life you bring an all-star cast in and uh by and large the internet shits on your head about it and if they're like this is bullshit it's woke we hate you would you run away would you hide would you you know change your course wildly or would you just whip out the biggest set of jersey balls you could find and pull a Kevin Smith because He-Man Revolution, my friend, is the brand new season on Netflix. Uh, cre- uh, not created by, but certainly uh, the charge is being led by Kevin Smith. Very proudly in the teaser trailer, they said Kevin Smith. Oh no, he made, he made this show. I will I will gladly plaster his name all over it. Kevin Kevin Smith made a fucking banger of a TV show. He if you liked Revelation, which I did, I liked Revelation. Yeah. I was not a huge He-Man fan. So some people being like it's not focusing enough on, on the same boat, He-Man. Same boat as me, dude. I could give I, like, watched, I did not grow up on He-Man. Bro, um, I had the toys. I I you tell me Sarah Michelle Geller is gonna lead an army. I'm gonna I'm with you. When I tell you, as a person who liked season one, Revelation, Revolution blew my fucking socks off. <laughs> 
What did you think about Revolution? Revolution, listen. It is... I don't know how else to describe it other than the fact that I have no fucking notes. That show hit all... No notes! The, that show hit this all... This shit is the Fast Five of He-Man. Everything... Yo, fucking perfect. It's the Fast it's... Five of He-Man! Oh my god, that's that's actually brilliant. Tell me that that's not a perfect description. It took everything good about He-Man and it turned that sub bitch up to 13. I'm sorry, motherfucker. Mark Hamill's not enough voice talent for you. Let's get Billy Shatner up in this motherfucker. Not just Billy Shatner, fucking Keith David. Keith David coming in and just fucking killing it as Hordak. And then on top of all of that, sadly, Michelle Geller left this season only to be replaced by Supergirl herself. So it's Supergirl hey and her real life husband playing Tila and He-Man. Are you fucking And also, I know we were just talking about how fucking the sexual tension between Mr. Oh, and Mrs. Bro. Smith. I didn't know cartoons could have sexual tension. Christian, oh, am I am I late to the party that he did I wanted to see He-Man and Tila get it out, sucker? Dude, I think My we God, were... dude, so good. I don't even understand the magic trick of making me want more of something while I'm having it. Dude, that's I had Oh my god, I had the same fucking thought because I was just watching it and I was like, how is it only five? Why isn't it like two parts like last time? I need five more episodes, especially I, with that fucking ending. Like, you mean to tell me, because you know what it sets up, right? Like, are we allowed to go into spoilers here? Absolutely. This sets up for the first time in years... He-Man and She-Ra being on screen for the first time since the original show, which has not happened because of rights issues, and it sets it up. Final minute. What about, Christian, what about the fact that we have folded into continuity the He-Man movie? The He-Man movie! Dude! The fact that they even... I didn't have that shit on my bucket list. Not Not only did Revolution make me love these characters even more it made me love characters that i didn't even know i was allowed to love buddy dude who likes the masters of the universe movie i don't know anybody who loves i so i unironically i like all of those terrible films because you have to remember oh yeah because of my advanced age channel 11 wb 11 movies they only had like 10 Mm-hmm. And they would every Saturday after cartoons, they would show like at noon. They're like, shut your mouth and watch these fucking terrible, terrible films. So like, oh, I forget what what company that owns them. It'll come to me. But it was so it was Master of the Universe. What's that? Filmation? No, it would it would be the it would be Master of the Universe live action. It would have been Break Into Electric Boogaloo, uh, oh, Superman um... Four. Um, was it, uh, all oh, those canon, canon canon films it was like a canon film marathon every now and then i'd get non-canon that felt canon like the wraith have you ever seen the wraith have i ever seen the fucking fair wraith? enough so the wraith 
the cut they had on the WB movie, they left in the boobs. So little kid me was like, oh, the Wraith is on. Because I would see boob. They forgot to edit out the boob, Christian. How does a major network leave a titty at 2 in the afternoon for trying to see? The best type. That little frog in me are homies because he showed me those boobies and I like them. Back to He-Man. Um, Skeletor. They they made having him, like more so than last season. Skeletor was a legitimately formidable bad guy with a backstory that I had no fucking idea was actually like an original thing. Like that traces back to like other shows. Like well, when they introduce that, I won't. I don't want to spoil. Mm-hmm. But oh, I'm not going to. You're That's introduced. Like you're introduced to characters that all tie into Hordak, He-Man, Skeletor, and then they also tie into at least one other character. Mm-hmm. So they'll introduce like a character that's like Tila's uncle, who's Skeletor's dad. And he used to babysit He-Man. The show does these intricate cross-connections that I kept thinking it was Mark Bernardin. Like, it's written so with the... For those of you who aren't avid Fat Man Beyond listeners, Mark Bernardin, look at John. Showtime Johnny! Damn right was sexy. Showtime Johnny in the chat. Um... Mark Bernard always talks about shows in terms of what do characters want. He-Man Revolution has about 70 characters. I know what everybody wants from minute one to the end of episode five. And he didn't work on the season. He must have left a fucking post-it in the writer's room because every single character has a want goes after it literally every episode yep well i mean that's also that's just for one great writing like we're talking about but uh one of my writing heroes is dan Harmon, and dan Harmon has this thing called the story circle yes. where every story can be broken down into basic parts and you can apply it but like that's his philosophy is that every episode of rick and morty is that the characters have a need and you know what that need is every single episode. And I love I forget that what that it is, but it's like need. Oh, I know uh, exactly uh, what it is. Like, you need go. Me. You need go. Search, find, take, return, change. Every story can be boiled down to those plot points to the point that I have written now almost four movies under that fucking guideline of help. One of which you so, read. A- so. Yes, it's a perfect formula. And and one, I left this, and, and what I wanted, other than more episodes, I I kind of am, am like, I, I kind of want Kevin to take a stab at writing King Conan. I, do, I, I think we can talk Kevin into directing a sword and sorcery sandals flick. Here's my King thought. Conan, you only need like three characters. He was True. able to manage this. Bring this whole team. Listen, I think I think we can go bigger, homeboy. I think we can go oh. fucking bigger. And here's what I mean. 
Kevin mastered this fucking show. Both shows. I think that he got so much shit because everybody wants to play into that stupid wokeism bullshit we're not going to talk about. But everybody is now coming around and realizing that this show is undeniable. Now here's what I think. Here's what I think that here's what I think Mattel would be smart to do. Tell me I'm wrong. Make Kevin what John Favreau was to Star Wars. Yep. Can be to He Man. I want to see He Man now under his direction to the point that I'm like, you know what? I don't think a live action He Man movie can be topped by this. Like I, they've been hard that for years this is what it should have been if they hadn't waited that long this at at this point with he-man the problem is to dissect it there's just some people who are never going to watch revolution because it's animated Mm because we live in in a society that still hasn't embraced what animation is which is sometimes the biggest version of storytelling. Because revelation and revolution have multiple planets, have different planes of existence. We see different wielders of the power sword. We're on our fucking fourth iteration of Skeletor. A Hordax army show. There's things you can do in animation you can never do in live action. So I want to take your idea. I say we keep your idea. But, keep but I think they give I think they give no, I think they give Kev the keys to He-Man. They say Kev every 3 years will be will be nice. Every every 3 years we're going to want a new season of the animated. But also we want you to oversee the team that makes the live action movie cuz Kevin's got on record he doesn't want to direct action. He wants to direct his shit. But I do think his team and him should be in charge of like plotting out. Let Mark fucking direct the live action one. Like, but it's it already been be proven that Mark it's already been proven that Mark is a fantastic live action director with his short films. Exactly director. right. So like if you haven't fucking seen it. He man is one of those things that should have something every year. I I, I know some people because of Marvel's ebb and flow of successes and failures think that it's like too much i don't think a property like he-man or a property like x-man or a proper property like superman i don't think it's overkill to have one thing a year it doesn't always have to be the same thing i don't necessarily think you need a, a season of mass universe uh uh you know uh retribution my pitch for season three, Master Universe. We're keeping keep it in the R's. Um, I think you can have a live action movie one year. I heard I think you can have a fucking holiday special another it's year. Gotta, there's only one title that I want for the next one, and they already talked about it on Fat Man, and it's Masters of the Universe Reparations. <laughs> that's solid. That's I solid. actually think that that's solid, and it matches what happens. So I think, hey, listen. But no, I I do agree, and I think that in an age where sword and sorcery movies are actually starting to kind of work again, 
especially after the success of the Dungeons and Dragons movie, I think that people are now in a point in our lives where like, especially after everything what just went down in the last couple of years, we need the pure unadulterated escapism, not just a reflection of the planet. I want to go to Eternia because it makes the most sense. It is a fantastical world where a dude can wield a sword and become the most powerful motherfucker in the universe to the point I, that it is a, I need that. I, I, need don't, more. I, I, I do not mean this to pick on Marvel. It's just that they're number one right now. Say yeah. what you want. Marvel is still printing money on old shit. They're printing money. The new shit made enough money. The thing is, Marvel did what a lot of other people did. I feel like I feel like everyone does this cycle of we go from moody to light and kid friendly. And then fucking moody again. I uh, I am I I want to smile when I leave the movie theater. I want um I want to see a buff guy get buffer because he has a fucking magic sword. This fucking Dark Knight era of cinema. Let's close the book. Snyder, thanks for let's trying. Let's have some let's have some fun again. I want to fucking see. I want to see royal blue. I want to see beautiful reds. I want to see bright skies. I want a Superman smiling. I want a Jimmy Olsen nerding it up with a fucking, you know, uh, a pen protector in his which pocket. Is, Let's fucking go. The world is, is ready now I for think He-Man. We are getting with Guns Universe, which is what makes me excited for it. And I want more of that. Like we've, as you said... We've had we need more of it. A hundred and ten percent. Because it'll I let can... us get back to that dark shit, bro. The only way to get to get another need for a dark night esque adventure is fucking some fun. Like, listen, I I I will defend the Batman till I'm blue in the face because I thought that movie was gonna suck, and I loved it. I love I fucking I, yo, I love that movie. Sin. Batson's the fucking man. The third act gets a little wonky. It gets a little out of nowhere. I'm watching an episode of the animated series where they're like, we're going to fill Madison Square Garden with pennies. I'm like, ah, whatever. Whatever movie. You're, you're too long now. With that being said, once we get the Batman 2 under our belt, once we get Joker 2 under our belt, I am so ready for Batman and Robin having dad and son adventures, baby. Like, yo, bring me a gray suit and a blue cowl. Let's go. I need 15 no. years to feel good. And in the background, like every couple years, drop a blade and have fucking Marshal Ali decapitate a vampire. Every now and then, have Batman be like, I'm fucking moody. I'm the Batman. Bat My name is Robert Pattinson. I was glittery one time. I was married to a lesbian. <laughs> um, let, let me have some fun. And I think, I even think between Revelation and Revolution, between season one of Kevin's He-Man and season two, I think the world has changed enough where we mm -hmm. were like, oh, look at how colorful this is. 
all of my friends that I, I think on average my friends didn't like uh, Revelation as much as I did, every single one of them was hitting me up day one, like, yo, Revolution is fucking amazing. Oh my god, they course it's the same, it's the it's literally just the next episodes. Kevin changed nothing in his execution. The difference now is the world. It's being received well now because we're ready to enjoy ourselves watching He-Man. When he gets his battle armor and his mm -hmm. axe, his sword needs a repair. So they're like, <coughs> He-Man, what are you going to do, bro? You can't bring your sword. He's like, well, I got to do the right thing because I'm fucking He-Man. And they're like, take this axe. He takes the axe and his fucking armor pops on. And then at the end of the show, motherfucker gets a cape. Looking like a million bucks, he man. God oh, damn, man. do I love this series. It wasn't wasn't that also a reflection of the movie as well? Wasn't that the movie He Man outfit? Very much so. Very much like, like it was I I at bare minimum. So it this is took this, cues. There is somebody who I also want to shout out in this endeavor that I think also deserves the praise. I've talked to Kevin about this. I literally, when I finished the show, I literally texted Kevin. I was like, this was one of the best fucking shows I watched this year. And the year just started. And you've already put up either my like either my favorite or my top three. It's, but there's a, gent, for it. there's a gent that works at Netflix that I feel wholeheartedly deserves praise secondary to Kevin. And this is a man named Ted Bias. Ted, uh, so sorry, Ted Biaselli. Ted Biaselli, I know him because he started, well, not started, but he, I discovered his name when work, he worked for a network called The Hub. And The Hub was where My Little Pony got started, the newer versions of it, and one of my personal favorite shows, The Aquabats Super Show. One of my favorite bands, and they get their own show. Ted was the reason they got that show. And now Ted moved took his creative talents over to Netflix and Ted was also responsible for that fucking amazing dark crystal show that we got a couple of years ago. Ted is one of us. Ted Dude, is the Ted best. Ted is one of Ted is one of the best forms of a suit. He is us with power. And with great power comes great responsibility and he is using it perfectly. Homeboy when he went to Kev to make the show, I think that that's how it was approached, is that they approached Kevin. He said to Kev, I want you to not only pick up where that previous show left off, I want to feel how I thought He-Man was making me feel back in the day. Ted knows. Ted gets it. That. Ted is such a fan, he actually voiced that character from the movie Masters of the Universe that makes a wonderful appearance in the that new is unbelievable. show. So shout out to the wonderful Ted Biaselli. The man is a it. Ted, you're a legend, I, bro. I dude, I fucking loved this show. I really did. Like I oh, so hungry. You, you for said more. it perfectly, bro. No notes. No fucking notes. Just no notes. continuous praise just praise and also like i got real bad whiplash because for revolution they did an amazingly successful toy line i guess their distribution problems because the toy line for uh 
revolution is delayed. Like it's online only. And I need that new He-Man. I need beautiful long hair He-Man like you read about. I need him for the I need him for the proper office. But Ted is not sending me checks. Kevin (laughs) keeps rejecting my phone calls. Uh, and I keep offering to work at the stash for free, and Mike just knows I'm going to be annoying. So we got to pay some bills the old-fashioned way. The good news is, Christian, you don't have to worry about your 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 ball hair being shaved or not shaved. You don't need to worry about a Sasquatch-branded uh, uh, herbal shampoo. I don't? You don't even have to be suspicious that every podcast you watch, suddenly they're dipping like they're fucking playing baseball in 1976 because we're not horse shit on this show. We're unofficially brought to you by Smod Castle Theater. We're unofficially brought to you by Jan Silent Bob's Secret Stash. And we are officially brought to you by one of our absolute favorite bands that, of course, is Bad Mary. <coughs> you heard them during the intro, and you're going to hear them and see them again at the end of the show. If you're anywhere else, you can catch their acting. Follow them over at Bad Mary Band across all social media platforms. You can support them over on Patreon.com forward slash Bad Mary Band. You can stay up to date. BadMary.com for merch and upcoming performances. My favorite part, Christian, is that their entire discography is available across all streaming networks. If you're Nothing wondering hidden. where to find, hit me. Nothing hidden. If you want to find them, they're on Spotify, iTunes, all the above. All the discography, nothing hidden. It's all there. nothing, nothing. You want their Christmas album? Guess what? It's there. If you want to see someone kick some ass in the video game space, you know what to ask, and that's simple. Where are we dropping? That of course is with Sergeant Finesse Gaming. He's back on Facebook. Spend some time on Kick. He's now only streaming in the PM. You're welcome. You want entertainment at night too, don't you? So you find the Sarge, uh, where all Sarges are. Joker underscore stream underscore. Very good friend. Killing it on Twitch, playing that Fortnite. Goodness. We are, of course, also brought to you by Arcade Productions. Christian, why don't you tell them some of the amazing shit you're doing over on your side of the world? Uh, over on Arcade Productions, we used to specialize in making family music that was available for children of all ages. Now, mind you, we're slowly starting to move away from that a little bit more. We are working more towards in the realm of original programming. We got some more shows we are working on. Uh, we began the year, oddly enough, we ended last year and began this year with Banjo and Buckshot's Christmas Time Caper with a uh, starred yours truly as well as the unseen but lovable john rivera as well and charlie looking look at it look at that smile he's he's so happy about it but we're definitely we're definitely working on more things using that technology uh we got a couple of projects where i'm very excited and i think that this might be the year i make my first movie so we will see yes if you wanted to learn the ins and outs of machinimation there is an amazing behind-the-scenes featurette. You can find all that where, Christian? What are the all on my all on the YouTube channel? It's easy to find. Arcade Productions, as an arcade machine. A R C A D E Productions. Nice. We also just did a, we also just did a nice little revamp of the logo, so it's nice and fresh. It's uh, so fresh, so clean. It's so fresh, so clean. Also, 
back in uh I, I believe it was last year, maybe it was the year before. Didn't you didn't you write a little songage for one of America's favorite band brands rather that's back in the news cycle this week because of uh John Oliver? Did I? What are we talking? What was that track you did? It was their number one track. Oh my fucking god. Tom, are you kidding? Thomas? <laughs> because I wrote some stuff for Thomas. Yeah, I did. I wrote some stuff for Thomas the Tank Engine people. It was one of the coolest Dude, jobs I've I ever had. The organic finding of that song that has come my way because I've commented on your videos. Mm -hmm. People looking up Thomas shit because of John Oliver like six months ago. And then he just did something. Didn't you work with Chuck E. Cheese too? Yes, I did. Chuck E. <laughs> Cheese. John Oliver just did a thing on Chuck E. Cheese. Someone found my comment under your song for Chuck E. Cheese. And they're like, why did you? Like, my friends have kids. So, like, why are you commenting on this? I'm like, shut up. My friend wrote this. You don't know me. You don't get <laughs> Mind to judge me. Mind your business. Mind your business. I said pizza. It's delicious. I ordered that shit on all sorts of food apps. Uh, Christian, do me a favor. Can What's you up? click that button behind you? For those of you unfamiliar, this is a segment on the show where normally John and I would pitch each other, but we have a special guest. Host, of course, is the uh, absolutely undeniable Christian. Uh, he has a movie pitch for me. I am your very fancy, very, very sick movie producer, but my checkbook, anything but sick. So when you're ready, Christian, go ahead and... Uh, Trying to get me to buy your shit. Mr. Rivera, I must say, though, I'm a big fan of your work. I loved you in Banjo and Buckshot's Christmas Time Caper. I thought you were That's fantastic. That's how I started my career. Yeah, no, well, I Kevin thought... Smith first fell in love with me, and then we made that He-Man series for 30 years. Now, mind you, I'm not pitching you a series today. I'm pitching you a very old-school styled movie a fun Ooh. motion picture we are not leaning into the realm of seriousness per se we are, we 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 skim it a little bit but we are in the realm of something very fun um my my good sir did you ever play with nerf guns growing up was that something that you enjoyed because for me nerf guns was everything me and my homies we would have our battles we would do whatever we we loved Nerf to the point that we would make little action movies. And I want to make the Nerf movie that bridges the gap of people who used to casually love it, really love it, and people who were inspired enough to love it to make those Nerf action movies. I want to make a film called Battlefield Nerf. And Battlefield Nerf, the way that I describe it, it is Monster Squad meets Goonies with a touch of World's End. Now, set you in... You have my attention, young man. That All sounds right. like marketing. Now, set in the town of Springston, New Mexico, a group of friends have just decided to return home after learning the death of a beloved teacher. Now, mind you, these friends have since parted ways, but when they were small children, one of the things that they loved to do, as I described before was enjoy 
battling each other with nerf guns they fucking loved it it was their thing to the point that they also decided hey we're gonna make our own little nerf battle movies it'll be great this was their pastime and the teacher that just passed away was the one who encouraged them to do it was the one that was like take what you love and make it something that can be art now they all returned to the to the town to pay their respects they've all since grown older and at first it's the awkward trying to get to know your friends after they've it's been a couple of years but they quickly slip right into the old habits to the point that even their children the ones that do have children are getting along and having their own nerf battles so they decide in the midst of this spontaneous reunion to partake in one of their old school nerf battles however I don't know if you've noted, but this movie is set in the grand state of New Mexico. And in this movie, they actually live one town over from the legendary Roswell, New Mexico. Okay. And in the midst, and in the midst of this, they real and in the midst of all of this happenings, in the midst of the human story, Area 51 is now under high alert. Because the alien that crash-landed in Roswell many, many moons ago has just suddenly become active again. And it's not actually seemingly doing anything, but it's it seemed to have ignited some form of beacon. Something's coming. Something lands. Something big, something dangerous, and there's a I lot. I did of not have on my bingo card of potential where this was going... I didn't have aliens wake up. Now here's where now this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> so these aliens land and our characters are in the midst of their nerf battle. Their kids are somewhere in town having fun. Now our group of heroes come across one of these aliens and of course like rational people run away from it because of course you do. Now thinking they're going to die with nothing to defend themselves. One of them just takes casually one of their Nerf guns and just aims it at the alien for shits and giggles. Only to discover that the only thing that can destroy these aliens are actual Nerf darts. And they know it's ridiculous. And they know it's ludicrous. But now not only do these schmucks have to get the message out and save the world, they have to find their children to save them from the alien invasion. Shots. Along the way... The reigniting along the way fully reigniting their friendships and dealing with the struggles of what caused an initial rift in the first place and to give you the level of ridiculousness i want in this movie because i think it sums it up perfectly i want the president of the united states to be played by will ferrell i want jake johnson in the lead as one of the main characters i've got this whole fucking cast wonderful casting I want Keith David as the teacher. By the way, the teacher that I mentioned that passed away, it was actually under mysterious circumstances. He was killed by one of these motherfucking aliens. Now it's fucking personal. Now, my good sir, I that insist. is my movie pitch. That Listen, is what I want to I, make. I have Battle a couple conditions. Let's hear it. I have a couple of conditions. I need you to get Mike Zapsick to sign on the dotted line to play a scientist who tries to explain why 
the pressure at which a nerf dart hits the alien is able to get through its exoskeleton and cause a thermal detonation within the body of this alien straight-faced. I need like a two-minute Doc Brown-esque it's so simple. Why these nerf darts are the only thing I need Zapsick at 11 to explain this silliness with bullshit science. Exactly. This is what this is how I want it envisioned. I want it I to feel I want it to feel it. epic. I almost want Michael Bay to direct it because I want him to take it seriously. Because how fucking about- awesome like Here's, Listen, here's, I'm, I, it's bought because there's no way I want to live. I don't want to live in a world that doesn't have this silly fucking movie in it. Because I'm just thinking of all the dumb Nerf guns, like the one where like the barrel twists, so you yep. shoot around corners. Oh, I, I love it so much. That now there's only one. Th- there's one thing I would love to add, and this is the truth. I would love to be on board as the writer. But I do think that there are two people who I think are supremely up to the job that could really add to some humor to the script, if not bring them on board as executive producers. I want Phil Lord and Chris Miller involved in this somehow, oh, some yeah. way. Because they have involved. We need, we need them on board. Listen, I think that you're going to hit a sweet spot of not only fans of Nerf who loved these action movies growing up, infused with nerf guns but you'll get the campy crowd that love these after dark silly action movies we're gonna return to i want this shot in a way that looks so fucking cool you can't help but want to see it it looks so much fun it's got heart it's got magic it's got aliens fucking what else can you ask for what's the actual name of that tom cruise movie they almost called it live die repeat but Edge of tomorrow. They it something else. Edge of tomorrow. I want that sort of like battle sequence, but just imagine the ground covered in nerf darts. Like our third act has to be the military decked out with fucking nerf blasters. And there's so one final recurring... battle scene is just so many nerf darts littered about the floor. Ah! This would be the one time where Zack Snyder directing would be appropriate. Um, I mean, we, the only problem with him, maybe he could do not even cinematography. I want to be able to see this fucking movie. If Snyder does, it'll be pitch black. Listen, I think that this could be the movie that marries both like old school and new school sensibilities. You get a cinematographer that masters the newer style of action that you can clearly see what the fuck is happening, but you get an old school minded director that knows how to make those type of relationship movies work. Like I, in my head, you get a Christopher Columbus, you get a Robert Zemeckis to direct this kind of thing. You know what the real, the real cheat code of this movie could be? What? If we could find a way buried in the second act late second act early third act i would love to cry i would love that in this silly fucking movie there's some moment about kinship or love or never giving up or us against the world i would love some pages dedicated to one character or a couple characters 
just opening up their heart box and just that let the movie be everything let let the let the movie be a full buffet of its spectacle it's funny but also it's like there's some love buried in it which is just like you know and then and you can always like and it's not that conventional love. It's not like the romance. It's the it's the bond oh, of friendship. Fuck no. Everybody knows that feeling of like reuniting with a friend you haven't seen in a very long time and how much that can mean to you. And the multitude of emotions that come from, "Oh my god, we haven't seen each other in so long. Why did that happen?" And it's there's something almost... to be explored there. Which is crazy almost, because it's a fucking yeah. Nerf movie. <laughs> well, it's it's Nerf or nothing, you know. That's the sequel. That's the sequel title. Battle I also need Nerf it on the bottom movie. of the teaser poster. I just want like an alien corpse with a like Nerf all around it, and just like Nerf or nothing, coming soon. Oh my god! By the way, recurring joke that I have long since held to. Is that only nerf darts work? Not these knockoff derf darts. Oh only yeah, yeah, yeah. it is only. Well, nerf. that's why we need Mike to explain, like the specific plastic at the specific, uh, you know, the pressure that you know we can't use the electric nerf guns. What are you talking about? It needs to be a manual pump, otherwise the the trajectory is wrong. These creatures uh, I, are I jellyfish. Love it. Like. Yes, Sold. it's got to be ludicrous. It is. It is not only sold, get ready for the sequels, because I, I want three of these uh, before all is said and done. Christian, my God, buddy, you are a wonderful, wonderful host. I really appreciate you. I hope you had a good time. I hope you'll come back. Dude, season five, you've done two appearances hmm. in our first five episodes. We may need to keep this ratio up, bro. Listen, man, I'm down to be a supporting character on this fucking show. I'll make the trip nah, to Long this, Island. Fuck yes. Bro, we got room for you now, bro. The 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 office here is coming together. Lots of floor space. Jameson keeps on napping because we keep taking long walks today. There's nothing cuter than a happy dog and a sick owner doing like a 45-minute <laughs> walk. He's just happy. I'm sweating. I can't breathe. Uh Christian, man, I appreciate you so much. Please, please, please come back again soon. Hit them with your socials. Where can they find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twix, which uh, I'm referring to that as Twitter from now on. You can find me on Twitter at ArcadePlayer1. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, as I said, Arcade Productions. Uh, I also do have a Facebook page, Christian Cordes uh, dash arcade productions but i barely update that maybe i'll start leaning into that a little bit more uh but yeah that's pretty much about it drop a line say hello download some music that would really help fucking do it you'll you'll definitely enjoy it uh you can catch him every wednesday just about every wednesday they're getting a little bit back on schedule over at jansel bob's secret stash one of the hottest comic book based podcasts of all time or if today's episode is any indication, one of the craziest podcasts of all time, Dance on Bob, <laughs> live from the secret stash. Uh, I am Charlie Rivera. He is Christian Cordez. Together we are U.S. Comics Cast. There's only one way. We, we end, rather, each and every episode of U.S. Comics, and that's a few simple steps. First, 
You got to turn the power on. Then you got to turn the volume up. Then you got to tune, man, Marion. Open up the window wide and scream out to the night sky. Save my space girl. We are. U.S. Comics cast. HQ for all things contagious and comic book related. Contagious. Hey now, I am John and I am trying desperately not to get Charlie sick. Hello Earth, can you hear me? You won't believe what I've seen out in the farthest reach of space. My eyes have seen creation, my ears witness destruction, my skin has touched alien race.